you can I hope that you can hear me because when the air conditioners comes on it kind of distorts it a little bit but uh, we'll go ahead and get started or maybe some people come in a little bit late but everybody get a handout and I want to put you at ease we're not going to cover all that so rest at ease on that there's just a it's a resource that I want to give you we'll probably cover the first page if we we get to that but uh, uh, welcome uh, I want to welcome everybody here thank you for coming to our leadership conference my name is Garvin McCarroll, I'm the executive pastor here, and uh, how many fill that uh, position at your church? How many XPs we have in here? All right, well, good. Well, there may be more coming in that, so uh, the rest of you, are, I'm glad that you're here. I think I can cover some things today that may help uh, with that, so I want to start off the, our session by saying this, that you know there are a lot of conferences that you can go to, and a lot of great leadership conferences across the country, and you know, they're, they're well done and a lot of quality people speaking in that. But I want to say this. Thank you for choosing to come to this one. Uh, we really, really appreciate that. We take it seriously that you've come here and uh, we've been praying for you. I want you to know that, that we have been praying for, for you before you got here. You know, Pastor Brady had a blog and on the blog he put that uh, pr we're praying three things for you for this week that will happen. And that's a fresh perspective. It's uh, new friends, new connections. And... Uh, a personal renewal in your life and all of us that are in ministry that you know how it can your batteries can run low and you get tired you get wore out and uh, that's the stuff that most people don't see and most of if you're in administration like I am that you know most of what we do is behind the scenes it's not public and uh, but you do a lot you you hold things together with what you do so I appreciate that really uh, very much you coming here we've been praying for you I, I wanted to uh, start off today with uh, I had a this morning in praying for you that uh, felt like I had a strong encouragement from the Lord for you and this is in Proverbs 11:25 and it says this that the the generous man will be prosperous and who he who waters will himself be watered and you probably read that scripture before but I want you to know this that because if you give out and you water people that's our prayer that when you come here this week you're going to be watered in some way and i believe that you know this morning uh in alan platt's session i was really stirred with what what he said and it it did something it brought up uh, something that the lord had done years ago that i witnessed this and i i really feel before i get started here this is i feel like i have a, a word for somebody here of encouragement I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands. If this is you, you just receive that. But I really feel like that, that the Lord has a word for you uh, today. If this is you, I hope that you'll glean from that. But I want to tell a story, and it really sets the scene for the word that I want to give you. And this, this is several years ago. And by the way, I'm from Amarillo, Texas. I pastored on staff uh, at Trinity Fellowship Church for 30 years. I've been in Colorado Springs for six years. So I did it in a sundry different things. I call it the utility anointing, you name it, I've done it, except children's and women's ministry. That's all that I haven't done. Everything else, I've done that. It really helped me when I came here. But uh, it, at the time, I was over our outreach ministry uh, there in Amarillo, and we had an outreach. Uh, it was a Christmas outreach, and we had labored really hard to target kids at, with the school system that really needed help. And so we had the names of about 600, we had 600 kids that showed up for our outreach. And we worked with Target, we worked with Walmart, different agencies across the city there. And we had a toy room. The kids got to come in and, and choose three toys. And they were ages from elementary all the way to high school. So it was really an incredible time. But I remember this one particular year that uh, we did what was called uh, love, love Boxes. And 
Those boxes were made according to the age that the children needed those, whether they elementary, middle school, or that. These boxes had all kinds of stuff in them, and they were really awesome for the young people. And so I remember we, we got there, and remember, we're all in here, we have, uh, we deal with numbers a lot, that we had six, about 611 kids that were going to come through. And so I remember that. We had tickets on every one of them. And so uh, we got ready. Kids were coming through in the, the love boxes that we had. There was only 320 love boxes that were there. And I remember looking at that, and one of the leaders came up to me and said, what do we do when we run out? And I said, we run out. We can't legislate God's blessing. And I, that's all I can tell you. When we run out, we run out. And so remember that. So we went on and got busy with the outreach, and all the kids came through uh, the toy room. They came through and got boxes and everything. And I, wa I was walking back through that room, and I looked over there, and there was 75 boxes left. And so I called one of the leaders over there. I said, hey, uh, what, what's the count here? Uh, they said, well, we've got tickets here where 611 students have went through, and we've got 75 boxes left. Well, you can do the math on that. Something happened in that. All I know is that every kid, every child that went through there got a box, and we had 75 left. What did God do? I wish I would have went over there before it started and, you know, <laughs> laid hands on it and did something like that. I didn't do that at all. But all I remember is that God did a miracle. He multiplied what we had. That's all, all, I, all I can tell you. So I'll tell you that to, to bring this up to you. I feel like I have a word for somebody here. After hearing Alan Platt and how he got started, in this is that you have enough to start, so start now. And I know many of us in here administration is like, well, you look at the checkbook, we, do, we don't have enough. And I'm saying this is a word for you starting out, you have enough. And you see what God does in that. That's a word for somebody here. Because the way you think is that, well, it, it's all about you know, dollars and things like that, and we just don't have enough to start. I'm telling you this, start and see what God does. You know, you have enough to start, I will be faithful to supply and multiply if you start. That's a word for somebody here. So if that's for you, receive that. And I want to hear a miracle uh, report later on in that. So be encouraged with that, that I think God's going to do something unique in, in through that. Well, okay, well, let me uh, start here. What our roundtable today is about is it uh, about starting something with the executive pastors or administrative pastors within your city. I can tell you what, what we did here. And this is really not going to be anything profound uh, that you probably hadn't heard before, but it was for me here. I came to Colorado Springs six years ago, like I said, after serving 30 years at a church in Amarillo. And when I got here, I didn't know anybody. I came with Pastor Brady, and uh, the role that I was filling then was an executive pastor. And so I didn't have any relationships. I didn't know anybody. I had to start over. And maybe this is your story, too, that you've had to leave a ministry for a long time. I know Mike has. And you had to start over. And so we did. So uh, we came and we had a, there was an event out at uh, the Navigator Retreat Center. And so uh, Pastor Brady and I went. And again, I didn't know anybody. And so we went out there. And uh, in the parking lot, I looked over there, there was a, a Jeep. And it had a, cow a Dallas Cowboy star on the back of it. And I thought, praise God, there's somebody here that, that loves Texas and that. So anyway, I was going to find out who owned that Jeep and had the Cowboy star back there. So I did. So as a pastor here and uh, executive pastor, so him and I connected at, uh, at the meeting there, and we began to talk. And I had done something similar to this in Amarillo, but not, not here. And so we began to talk. I said, would you be open if we would begin to try to assemble executive pastors across the city 
for the purpose of relationship and resources. And he said, yeah, let's, let's, give it a, let's give it a whirl. And so we did. So we began to, he had more relationships, like I said, than, than I did. I had one. And we began to put word out, hey, we're going to have these meetings about once every six months or six weeks at a different church, and would you like to come? And so men began to come. And so that was the beginning of that. And today we've got about 25 pastors, executive pastors across the city that participate in this. And how it works is that what we do, we focus on two things. And that we, uh, we're relational, we pray for each other, we share needs in that way, and it, it takes the time to get to know each other in that. And then we exchange resources. Because somebody has been through what you've been through in your city. And what we found out here was that as we begin to collectively begin to share resources, it's like somebody's been through what you have. You don't have to reinvent the wheel, and there's nothing new in the sun, and we can exchange resources. And that's where we begin to start in that. So the way we work is that we rotate from uh, uh, church to church. Whoever's going to host it, it's their responsibility to send out a topic uh, that we're going to discuss a, a week or two in advance, and everybody bring resources about that topic. And then we sit down and we talk about that topic and we discuss what needs to be done. Somebody has got some insight on what needs to be done, and, and, and we'll go forward with that. Then at the end, we always take time and, and we pray for each other. And it's really done something in our city to create unity. It really has in that. But I'll tell you what, what happened the last, uh, this is kind of some of the things that we discussed. And this was last week, the executive pastors met at a church out north here. And so what it was, well, let me give you the scenario and I'll uh, kind of tell you what we discussed and kind of where it went from there. Cause this is really unique. That uh, there was a, two churches that were gonna merge. And uh, so the pastors had read a, a book and they had come in unity on this about we need to merge for both of our churches. And that's, hap that's happening a lot today. I don't know if it is in your city, but there's a lot of, a lot of churches that are merging for, for many reasons. So uh, they talked about that. One pastor was gonna be more focused on the uh, Outreach and missions is what his heart was. The other one was going to be the lead pastor, the preaching pastor. And so they came up with this. And so the merger was going to start in June. And so uh, both of those guys decided to take their sabbatical from June till October. And so they came to the executive pastors and said, it's your responsibility to st structure, to set everything in, to get it running. And we'll when we return, then we'll tell you what we think. And so they left. So we begin to talk about that. Well, the first thing that we said was this, is either this is the most brilliant move by two senior pastors ever on the face of the earth or it's the most stupid thing that they've ever done in their life. And so how do you structure, how do you get ready? And the, the executive pastor was really concerned about when they return, you know, they're gonna undo everything that we've done. You know, they, they had got everybody on the right place in the bus, they've structured, they've got everybody according to strengths and things like that. And you got two staffs in there, all the, fireworks that went with that and then uh, the senior pastor was going to re return and he returns this week so I'm anxious to hear what uh, what's going to happen but some of the questions we, we dialogue for a couple hours about that and really help that person so I don't know your particular situation what, what you're faced with in, in your city but I do know this that when you begin to include other pastors and other ministers that are doing what you're doing on that there's there's a there's a wisdom in that there, there really is and so I encourage you to do that's what we did and it's nothing profound it takes somebody to start that with a vision and say we're going to go and, and begin to do this and then uh, you'll be shocked at what happens so that's as, that's as much as I can tell you to do that is, is to start doing that so now what I want to do I want to I gave you a little packet there and it's about uh, 
there's resources in that. We're going to cover one, and then we'll, what I'd like to do is to hear from some of you, that if you have questions, I'd like to try to answer those. And, you know, I enjoy interacting more than I do lecture sometimes because you can learn a lot. And uh, so I want to do that now. I want to give you a, a resource here that we found really, uh, really good that helped. In fact, Pastor Brady kind of set it up for me this morning. It's building a strong core team. And Pastor Brady sat down with us as a staff, and he says, when I build a core team, here are the characteristics that I want for the people that are going to surround me. And that's that sheet I want to cover with you. So look there. It says building a strong core team. What qualifies someone to be a part of a core leadership of a church? What characteristics or strength should a senior pastor look for when deciding who's to be a part of the inner circle making decisions? And here's what uh, Pastor Brady, I'm going to cover with you what he told us. is I'm looking for leaders who can do three things. And... First of all, we'll cover three areas, expand the vision, coach the team, and then carry the weight of ministry. And this really is, uh, I'll tell you what we did with this after we, we went through this, but these are the type of individuals you heard a while ago, Pastor Brady and Glenn talk about uh, you know, cooperative uh, leadership and sharing and things like that. Well, this is, this is what he's assembled around him, our core team here. Let me tell you a little bit about New Life and maybe this will help. We have a couple of tier, a couple of levels of leadership. The first is with Pastor Brady. It's the executive team. There's nine of us that are on that team. Really, it's the department heads that uh, we oversee the, the areas of the church. Then we have what's called a core team. There's 21 on that. That's department heads and uh, others that oversee areas of ministry, too. And that we have 21 on that. Then we have the ministry staff. There's about 86 or so on that, or 79, I think it is, that come to that meeting. And that. so that's our different structures of leadership. And so, but here's the, the folks that he's asked to be around him. And I give this to you because as you assemble teams, maybe you don't have to recreate the will, and maybe you can apply this anything, any way that you want. So let's look at these. That uh, Number one is expand the vision. Uh, do they bring new ideals to the table uh, when you have meetings? And I've been in meetings where we have people that come and just complain and bring no solutions. And Pastor Brady wants people around him that see the big picture and they bring solutions, not just complain all the time. So can they bring new ideas to the table? That's important. The second thing there is are they creative and are always looking for innovative approaches to ministry? We have a young staff here, and that's one of the things that I really enjoy is they do bring innovative and creative things relevant to the culture uh, to, the, to the meetings, and we need that. And if you don't have that, I don't know what your staff makeup looks like, but if you don't watch out, you'll get a bunch of gray hairs on there and you think old. And I remember when I, the first uh, day or two on staff when I came, that again, I remind you that we had a young staff here. My first day on staff that uh, I was walking through the building meeting people and a young girl came up to me and she says, you're that old new guy, aren't you? And I said, job opening. Yep, no, no I didn't say that. I wanted to say that. But uh, really, I'm one of the oldest ones here on staff. But you need to have young people uh, involved in your leadership to keep, keep you young and with fresh ideals. Do they pray and hear God about the global vision of the church or that they see their area? Do they really pray and seek God and, and hear what he's doing, not only here but uh, across the world in that way? Do they see the whole scope of ministry at the church or just parts? And I know this, coming up as a, you know, I was a youth pastor for 10 years and I remember going through this, that when you're in an area of ministry, you, you, you think that the world centers around that. Everything should orbit around that. And there for a while, it kind of does, I thought. But as you grow in ministry, you begin to see the need to see the big picture of the church. It's more than just your area. It's, it's what you're doing totally 
as a staff and as a ministry and the focus as a church? Can they take general vision and implement and execute a plan to accomplish specific goals? Or do you have to walk them through everything and tell them what to do? Can they take the vision of the church and then apply it to their area and build from there? That's, that's what can they expand the vision. So that's number one. Number two is can they coach the team? This is really important. Do they represent and communicate my values? And I, I hope that each one of you, that your church has values that the pastor has set. Let me, uh, that's included in your packet there, that you, if you want to look at that, that these are New Life core values. And uh, when I came, uh, the church, my previous church that I was at, we had about 12 core values. That went, and this is the grid that you make decisions, everything that you do, it goes through those core values. Well, here, I'm sure that you have core values at your church, but if you don't, Here's something to look at. Here's our core, va core values at New Life Church. God in the scriptures honored above everything else. Build kingdom, not brand. You know, one of the challenges here at New Life, we have a lot of very creative young men and women, and we have to really help them not to try to just create their own brand. But it's something we're, we're the kingdom brand, not just their brand in music or, or ministry or anything uh, of that nature. So, uh, number one, God in scriptures honored above all else. Number two, Everything should be done with excellence. And let me say this, that to do things in excellence doesn't mean it takes a lot of money. You know, it doesn't take much to create a clean, a clean room. It doesn't take a lot of money to have nice settings and things like that. So remember, excellence is not just dollars. It's how you put on something. To, is it prepared when people come? Is it set up ready for ministry? And number three, relationships are key. That's honest communication, speak the truth in love, honor one another, celebrate success, respect one another, loving, committed relationships set us apart from the world and exalt Jesus to all those who need hope. So relationships are key, that's number three. Number four is work and live in a, at a sustainable pace. You know, I, uh, Pastor Brady has another book coming out and it's about that uh, sustainable pace, about sabbatical and rest and I don't think of anybody that uh, really models that better than, than Pastor Brady. So uh, work and live at a sustainable pace. Number five, is we believe in being generous. This is every, every opportunity we look for a chance to be gracious and generous to people. So those are our core values, that what we, uh, how we operate here at New Life Church. Can they communicate effectively those under their leadership? And this is really important. The bigger your organization that you have or ministry, the more important communication comes in. And we were, that's something we're really focusing on here is to communicate better and not uh, just across the board, but downline, is it getting communicated? Because upline communication is good, but downline sometimes is not. Do strong leaders thrive and mature under their leadership? Are they insecure uh, around high-capacity people or do... Uh, strong leaders thrive under them and they're not intimidated by that. That's really an important part of ministry because I know here, like I said, we've got a lot of extremely talented young people and the spirit here that we have is that we want to see them elevate and do well, not, hey, sit down and wait till your time comes. It's like we're going to celebrate with them and, and they uh, don't intimidate anybody because they're gifted. We've got some extremely gifted people here, like I'm sure you do at your church. Is the staff cared for and nurtured under their leadership? Are they one-dimensional or they can really oversee people and really care for them and talk to them, know what's going on in their life, ask questions, uh, and things like that? Can they coach the team? That's a, that's a very, very important part. Number three there, can they carry the weight of ministry? Uh, can they deal with issues appropriately 
with little input from me. You know, I think Brady and Glenn did a great job of this a while ago about uh, when you have people on staff, do you take them with you and show them how to do that? You know, I remember my first counseling session that I did. I didn't know anything about ministry, and I was thrown into a situation, and I had an older gentleman that took me alongside with him and began to show me how to counsel, what to do, and walk me through that, or I'd have never known uh, what to do. So is the staff cared for, uh, or can they lead, uh, deal with issues appropriately? little input from Brady. Uh, have they seen you do it, and have you modeled it and done it with them? Can they have a healthy confrontation with staff members if necessary? I think this is something that really all of us, we need to teach a lot on is how to confront. Confrontation is not a, uh, a character or it's not a personality. Confrontation is something that you learn how to do. You know, I've seen people that are really good at it and I've seen people that are really bad at it. And let me say this, that truth can be handled like a sword or a scalpel that you can cut people up with truth or you can be very careful with that. And confrontation is something that you, in meetings or however you, if you have to talk to somebody, sometimes it's good to take somebody with you to talk about that issue and model that, how that's done in that. Because I've seen some, some ugly messes in churches because they weren't handled right. And there's a way to confront and there's a way not to and that needs to be coached in that. So can they confront, uh, if necessary, not only staff but members of the church? Can they minister publicly with excellence if needed? You know, uh, Pastor Brady has a really a, a stable full of young pastors and preachers that can really uh, bring the word when he's not here. And so hopefully that if your pastor is not doing that, you can encourage him to do that, to, to have others that can preach, not, not just him to do that. Uh, will they publicly defend the vision of the church if needed? You know, I think one of the keys that was said this morning that Brady mentioned was that if you make decisions in a, in, a, in a level of leadership and you own up to those, when you go outside there, then you live up to the decisions that you made. And that, that's so important to have leaders around you that if you decide it, they speak their mind in that meeting, and then when you leave that meeting, they can go out and defend that decision that, that was made. So that can, they carry, can they carry the weight of the ministry? And that's, that's number three. Well, let's look down here to the last part. What personal traits are necessary for building a, a strong core team? Uh, I want them to have a healthy marriage. Are they married? Uh, how is their marriage? Are we asking questions to them about our, how's things at home? Are you spending too many nights out? Uh, do they have a healthy marriage? Number two there is that uh, I want them to be passionate followers of Christ. That means that they're still growing no matter what age they are is a passionate follower of Christ. They're not stagnant in that. I want them to be good stewards of their own finances. You know, do they tithe? Do, are they generous givers? Uh, how, how are their finances? And you know, there's so many times that when we hire people on staff, we never ask how their finances are. Did, have you noticed that many times? It's like, well, they're anointed, they're good in that, but their finances are a train wreck. And that's something I want to encourage everyone in here that ask people how their finances are before you hire anybody, before you put them in place of leadership. I want them to be generous givers. Are they generous not only with their money, are they generous with the things of the church? You know, if there's anything that we have that can help people, are they willing to do that? I want them to be gracious and free from legalism. You know, that's a key there. I want them to really care for people. And last there is that I want them to be fun people. You know, I've had the privilege of being in ministry close to 30 years now. And uh, I've had two churches in, in all that, that time. In the last 36 years, I've had two churches six at New Life and 30 in Amarillo. 
And I've had the privilege of working with people that were my friends. And uh, I hope that you get to do that too, that you get, you're around people that you enjoy, that are not just hirelings that, that come, that, but people that you really consider your friends and want to live life with. I think that's important. Well, I give this resource to you uh, twofold. One, I think it's a, a good one. If you're looking to build a core team, I think that's, these are really important things on that. But the second thing, we've done something new this year. I oversee, I have about, about 10 direct reports to me. And once a year we do evaluations. And I know that's always a fun time of year for everybody. You know, you can't wait to do those. I've seen some really quality uh, evaluations and I've seen some that, that are not good. And what we did this year, we took this and I've done all the executive team and we did this as their evaluation. I went through each one of these and talked to them. It's like, do they bring new ideals to the table? Are they creative in their approaches like that? And we, one to five, we graded them on that. And it's a lot, uh, this year was really good. I mean, it really was. We got to talk about issues sometimes that evaluations that kind of slip by in that. So this is two, twofold. Is that you can use it as evaluation, you can use it to build a strong core team. So uh, if you look through your resources there, I'm not gonna go through these, uh, all of them today. Uh, we don't have time in that, but uh, there's one in there, there's a couple of them I wanna point out to you. Let me see one, is there a copy? Real quick. Uh, these are front and back copy. The principle of leaving. Uh, I really want to stress this to everyone here that you're going to have, at some point in time, people are going to come and they're going to leave. They're going to leave your staff. They're going to leave your church. And I've given this thing out literally thousands of times to people because how you leave is important as why you leave. If you leave wrong, you're going to connect wrong in another church. You're going to connect wrong from a job. You're going to connect wrong in that. So these are just principles that really do help. So I hope that you will, will take that. And anybody that's going to leave, uh, plan on leaving your church or, you know, uh, go to another place, I think it's important to sit down with that and talk to people about why they're leaving and cover that with them uh, in that. Uh, sheets on there about New Life Church Values, uh, that's on there. There's one that's uh, 10 Traps of Ministry Marriages, How to Avoid Them. That's an excellent resource uh, for you. So there's some other things on there too, so we're not going to have time to look on all those. But uh, anyway, that's just a quick, uh, I'm not going to take a lot of time today. I know that uh, you may want to get out and see a little more Colorado Springs. You may want to visit a little bit in here. But do we have any questions about where, what's going on, anything that I could answer in here today? Any questions at all about uh, where your church is at or administration or executive pastors yes well pastor Brady does that he decides who's going to be on the executive staff in that uh, it depends on what areas that they're over. It depends on just what I covered you with that. That uh, are they, can they bring all those things to the table? But Pastor Brady invites those folks to the, the, the executive team in that. They have to be a level of leadership that, you know, uh, have some tenure, have some experience in that, uh, ability to minister. And so that, he chooses those. You know, really the second tier is our core team. That's really the departments, you know, the the executive team is more the, the heads over those departments. Now it gets down to departments, AAs, you know, people that minister boots on the ground and that. And 
Pastor Brady and the executive team invite those folks to come to those those meetings and that. So hope that'll answer that. Yes. Well, I'll tell you, what we do here, a practice that we have, anytime there's an opening on staff, we look within first. Because I think what will exasperate your staff more than anything if you consistently bring people from the outside. That there's, you know, for your staff, there's no hope of, uh, you know, advancing or anything like that. And sometimes you have to. But the first thing that we do when we have an opening on staff, we look within first. Is there anybody that we can elevate and, uh, for that position that God has been grooming? And we just recognize the leadership of that. So that, that's the first place that we look. There's other times that we look from the outside. To answer your question about, uh, for me, I came with Pastor Brady uh, six years ago. And uh, I was at a church in Amarillo. And I've known Brady for 20 years. And so when Brady came here, you know, he was wanting to, to build him a team that, first of all, that he knew. And uh, so when we came here, you know, a lot of things that happened, the scandal that happened, uh, a lot of wounded staff, a lot of things like that. And what's interesting, too, we'd been here, Brady had been here 100 days, I'd been here 40 days, we had the shooting. And that really changed really everything. That, uh, you know, you never prepare yourself for something like that. But what it did, the, the, the silver lining, the cloud for that, was what would have taken five years of relationship was packed into one week. And when you go through a tragedy with someone, that uh, you really get to know them and you bond together. And God used that to do that. It really strengthens our staff. When we thought... You know, a scandal was one thing, but then you have a shooting and uh, some kids killed on your campus and that, you just think, my gosh, we're done. And God took that and molded that together to really build a strong team here. So my role as an executive pastor, anything that I can take off, Pastor Brady, I do that. I call it the sponge ministry sometimes, is that I absorb things that he's never going to know about. You know, uh, we all in here know that you get people that like to uh, send emails and complaints and stuff like that. I'm very careful because I usually get those from his uh, AA first. I'll look at those, and most of them will never get to him. I always try to, to buffer him from things like that. If it's, if it's something I think he needs to see, I'll take it to him. But for the most part, I'll absorb that, or I'll respond that to that, or our, our executive team will. And so what I try to do is that, and we have to do this every year at year, Brady's yearly evaluation, is that he's a creative guy. He loves to birth things, but he, he, he does. He doesn't hatch eggs very well, but he loves to birth things. And so what we have to do is, is structure around that to help him. And I want to encourage you, all of you in here to do that for your senior pastor is that as he grows things like that, our role is to take things off him. And so we try, I try to do that on a day-to-day basis and all that. Now I've got a great team around me, Brian and David and all that. We, we deal with issues here. So anyway, that's, that's my role. I take care of the staff. That's one of the things that I oversee the staff through Pastor Brady. We have kind of a unique setup here. It's not uh, normal. Because most churches have a pure number two. You know, you have an executive senior pastor. You know that? My title is senior executive pastor. And so Brady has a team, our executive team, of nine of us on that, that he meets with every twice a month. And we sit down and we cover things at a 70,000-foot level. And we don't get down to micro and macro in that. We cast vision. We, we start that. Then, then the executive team builds that. 
And so that's what we do. We try to take as much detail and day-to-day things that he doesn't need to be, uh, be involved with off him. And like he described this morning, you know, it, it, he really, his preaching is really incredible. And, and I think that team that he has around him has really uh, boosted his preaching uh, immensely in that. Not that it was bad. I'm going to say that for that. His great preaching before that. So this is on tape. So, so a good question. <laughs> really good preaching. Right, yeah. Yeah, anybody else? Good questions. You mentioned that escorting is the way that you set it up. Do you then meet with the pastor like at other times when you go to Israel? Yeah, I do oversight. I have two, twice a month I meet personally with the executive team. I have oversight meetings with them. If, if I could tell you how we're structured here, we have four meetings a month at New Life, and we don't, uh, we don't have meetings for the sake of meetings. There's a purpose for each one of them. The first one is that we have the first Tuesday of every month is the executive team. The second Tuesday of the month is the core team. The third Tuesday is the ministry staff. And then the fourth, well, the, the second Thursday of the month is the all staff. We have all staff. And then in, in with all that, I have a I meet with our the people I oversee twice a month. And can I tell you this, that I think that it's a, it's something that really is needed at churches is oversight meetings because if you self-develop you self-destruct uh, i want you to catch that nobody needs to self-develop and oversight you're asking questions about how they're doing what they need how they can be supported uh, what funds do they need uh, you're helping them how their marriage is doing how they're doing personally and i think that's really important because sometimes i've just seen that that a staff is like we'll go over there and build and you build it if you get in trouble i'll let you know i was a youth pastor i know that I know that well. You know, I got over there and thought I was doing great, and I, I got in trouble because I was doing stuff I shouldn't do. So oversight meetings are very, very important, I think, uh, for your staff. Yeah. Good question. Anybody else? Brian, am I missing anything for administration? It is. You know, somebody I depend on day to day is Brian. He's a CPA. He oversees really the finances of the church. And, you know, budget doesn't dictate your vision, but it, it gives some restraints of what you do. And uh, that, that's a must. Brian does a great job of that, of giving, you know, reports. Uh, because when we say no to certain things, sometimes it's just easy just to say no. But if you can show, it's like, here's the dollars, here's where they're going, here's what's going on, here's what you're responsible for. Here's what you're allocated, budgeted wisely. It really does help that people can see that. And that's one of the mundane things is most people don't care about the numbers, but nickels and noses matter to the Lord. They really do. So, Yeah. It, uh, what, let's take the executive uh, staff. That most of the time that I'll set the agenda for that, what I'll do, I'll send out an email to all the executive pastors, all eight of them, and I'll say, get me agenda items by, we meet on Tuesday, by Monday, or by Tuesday noon. I'll compile those, and I'll look through those things. If it's something that I need to cover with him personally, I'll take that off the agenda, and I'll cover that personally with him. If it's something we need to collectively talk about that affects the, the vision of the church, then it'll go into the executive meetings and that. So uh, I prepare that. I send that to Brady, and Brady looks at that. He'll add to or take away from that what he'd like to talk about that. Sometimes I have a real tight agenda. I think it's really good. And he'll come in there and he'll take the whole meeting and teach on something. So that's what you have to be flexible for, is allow him to do that. Okay. 
And it sounds like we have a lot of meetings, but uh, it's a big community here, and we uh, oversight is really important to keep everybody in unity, not conformity, but to keep everybody on the same page. That's really, uh, that's a must that you, you got to have. So, anybody else? I get a chance, I like to brag on people. This is Justin, and uh, we planted a church up in uh, Fort Collins, and Justin come up through the ranks here. He worked at uh, DLA. He did all the finances that he did all the planning and, you know, for two conferences for 4,000 kids each conference. And uh, now he went with Aaron to plant a church in Fort Collins and they're, they're doing very well. And he's the kind of the XP and kind of come up through the ranks. So I'm proud of him. I really am for what, what he's done. And uh, I tried to take him as much as I could with me. So I hope you learned something. Anybody else? Any input or questions? Okay, we're about 15, 20 minutes away from three. And uh, I want to hang around here. If you'd like to talk to your table, feel free to do that and uh, ask any questions and anything, the resource that you have. Uh, let me tap the brakes right there just a second. That uh, while you're here, you know, give your cards out to many people as you can because I've got friends across the country. And if I don't have a resource, and I've got a lot of them, I've kept 30 years of resource uh, in my files on my computer. Because when somebody comes in to talk to me, I always try to give them a resource, let them leave with something in that. But as you build relationships here, and that's our heart's desire, as you build relationships here, that if you need something, it doesn't matter if they're across the country or across town, that you can contact them. And somebody's been through what you're faced with. There's nothing new under the sun. There's nothing uh, new that can come up in ministry that somebody hadn't been through that before. So I think that's the a key to have relationships so okay well let me pray for you if there's no more questions thank you uh, for coming and i uh, hope that the lord will refresh you while you're here well, lord we come to you today thank you for uh lord each one of these you know lord what they do the role they fill and god i pray that you'll encourage them lord i ask that you stir the gifts in them to a new level and god i felt strong a while ago there was somebody here that uh, they thought that they don't have enough. And Lord, I just pray now that you show them that you'll multiply, you'll go far beyond what they think, Lord, when we step out and begin to, to minister for you. And Father, I thank you for that today, Lord. I pray for their families. I pray for their marriages, God. You know how they're under strain, they're under attack. I pray for their children, Lord. I pray for their health. God, strengthen them, Lord, as they minister to your, your bride, Father. Well, Lord, we love you today. We thank you for using and choosing us, God to be here for this time. And we ask this in Jesus' name. And all said, amen. Well, thank you. God bless you. Hope you have a great time here.